Defense doesn't just win championships. Sometimes it wins fantasy leagues. And their defensive line, especially the interior, is getting better. Diggs, Watkins, they can rotate guys in. So he isn't really a tackle-heavy guy at this point, but he's a top 15 linebacker to do those big plays over the past four weeks. This is the IDP Heat Seekers. Welcome back to the IDP Heat Seeker Show. I do apologize for missing, but I know my guys held it down last week and they did an excellent job doing it. As you can tell, we are back. The, the trifecta of greatness is back for another awesome night of IDP content. With me, as always, my man Austin, at Infamous IDP. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you today? I am living the, the near NFL draft dream. I'm few sleeps away. What are we down to? 14, Ooh. 16 days, something like that. Ooh, I mean, we're good. I should, we're close. Yeah. I should start my countdown for sure. We are good very, to see you back. Close. Good to very see you close. back. Glad 17, I think. Better. Is it 17? Is the 28th is the first day, isn't it? Mm, we're close. We're yep, close Thursday. to the 28th. It's always Thursday, these, because yeah. they had to make it the three-day affair. Yeah. Got to get that Got to get that money, those revenues, those ads. Speaking of ads, Rodney Craig, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic as always. Thanks. Bringing the energy, the juice. I like That's it. That's right. We got some good stuff cooking. Speaking of juice, uh, we got some good stuff cooking. So I'm excited for what's going to be coming down the pipeline. Make sure y'all uh, tune in to the YouTube channel in the future and then keep your eye out. There's some crazy things afoot on Roto Heat. So it'll be fun. But tonight, the crazy thing afoot will be tears. You love them. We're going to be talking about. Defensive linemen, we're going to be talking about line safeties, DBs, but we're not going to talk many linebackers tonight, so you'll have to hold that for another week or so. But we're going to try to talk about where we project them to last long term. So not necessarily where we think they're going in the fantasy drafts, but where we think their value is as a player. Long-term stud, solid starter, bi-week guy, bench player, maybe somebody you just don't want to touch. Uh, so tonight's going to be a fun one. So make sure you guys drop comments. We will answer those at the end of the show. As always, if you're listening to this in podcast format after the fact, thank you. But you can check us out on YouTube, 930s on Monday night, and you can hang out with us live and get your questions answered, enjoy our beautiful faces, all the things that, that you would normally do on YouTube. Like, subscribe, do all those things, like rating, review, all that good stuff. With that being said, we are going to jump right into it. So before we start that, Brad, I want oh, this won't help you guys listening on Spotify or anything, but you know, rookies coming up. Here we got Austin with a, a college hat that makes sense. Got Brad with a Detroit Lions draft hat, which went out and got that for a quarterback they take in the first round here or whatever. Oh, whoa, whoa, and, whoa. Uh, slow your roll, Gus. Come on now. And it doesn't really help it with the, the theme here, but I have a good old XFL jersey. On he here. Ah. You really hate me. I was wondering if that was XFL or uh, NHL. It's coming yeah, it's back. XFL original. We had a theme going tonight, at least anyway. All football apparel. So it's, yep. it's it's a very loose theme, but it's still there. There's still football involved. Oh gosh, gotta love it. Um, Proceed okay. going to me. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? With that being said, welcome everybody who's tuned in. Uh, we are our are going to have some fun with this one. We're going to do it a little bit differently. What we're going to do is I'm going to have each of the guys pick a guy and sell me or sell us and, and talk about why he's in whatever tier they want to put him in. And then between the three of us, we have to decide if the guy needs to stay there or we need to move him down, what we need to do with him. But to do that, 
I'm going to let Mr. Austin go first because he's still the new guy on the team. He gets to pick a guy, tell us where we're putting him, and then try to prove that he needs to stay in that tier. Otherwise, we're bopping him down. All we're right. going with Let's... Austin first. Whew. This one's tough, but I'm going to I'm gonna pick the obvious ones here. <clears throat> I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau. And, and we're going to move him up. We're going to put him in long-term stud. Oh, look at that. Starting off strong. Yeah. Why is he a long-term stud? So for Kayvon Thibodeau, I think that he's got the speed to go along with the size. He's an incredible uh, force to be reckoned with. But the only thing that I do worry about and I get scared of is that Jadavon clowny effect where you have a guy who just checks every single box physically. Then hopefully he doesn't end up a guy that just wasn't wasn't as motivated as maybe his talents were strong. So I love Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he's probably best in class. I started out really having Aiden Hutchinson at the top, but Kayvon Thibodeau, after the combine, just seeing how he tested, watching his film back again, he's moved up for me. So I've got him as a long-term stud. Craig, what do you think? Is he a long-term stud in your mind? That is where I have him. And it's interesting that when you're looking at the comparison there that he made with Clowney. Thibodeau did better. He had, I think, a couple seasons where his overall numbers looked better than what Clowney did. Clowney really flew up that draft board. He lived in college off of one play. He was a great player, but you know, just people seeing that, I forget the name of the running back. I used to have it memorized that he just blew up. Marshawn Marshawn Lattimore? Marcus Lattimore? Marcus Lattimore. They were on the same team, weren't they? Yeah. Anyway. I thought they both went to South Carolina. Yeah, they did. Marcus Lattimore did. And he got drafted Uh, by the 49ers, right? Regardless of who it is, just looking at stats-wise, as far as what Thibodeau did, tackle-wise, he didn't do as much, but he still had those tackles for a loss. He still had the sacks in the two main seasons that he played. And a lot of the questions that people are bringing up that I've seen aren't really football related. Like, oh, he has interest outside of football. We don't know how long he's going to be doing. As he should. Like, football isn't going to be his life, even if he's in the NFL long term. We're talking like 12 seasons, like 12, 13 years of his life. These guys need to have plans outside. And tons of athletes, maybe the NFL isn't as used to that from not their top name guys. But these guys going out and getting sponsorships and doing all that stuff outside, I think that's going to become a way of life for more and more players. So I don't see that sort of stuff as an issue. And to be honest, you can pick apart pretty much any of these guys and find plays where they're probably not giving 100%. That's just giving 100% literally every play. That is a rarity in college sports. It's a rarity in the NFL, too. Talk about 90 95%. I'm not buying into that stuff. I think he's been nitpicked way too much, and I do see him as a long-term stud. Well, and the tough thing with a guy like Thibodeau is he's been the hot name for so long that they've had so much time to go, okay, let's comb over every inch of this kid's life. We have to remember that he's still a kid and he's early 20s at, at most. Yeah, he's got interest. And look at and look at even guys that were defensive linemen and Dominican Sue when Detroit drafted him. You immediately heard him hanging out with Warren Buffett and getting ideas and tips and this, that, and the other. It's like cares they have to prepare for the future because nfl not for long everybody knows that don't even look at the bigger names tom brady's been having his hands dabbling in all sorts of stuff forever now so i would recommend all of these players to have passions and interests that aren't just on the playing field because 
most of your life will not be spent on the playing field. I know most of your young life is getting ready and trying to get to the big game and get to the dance, but you spend most of your time in your life after the game doing other things. To look at the, the Burlesons of the world who worked hard to get into being on TV and in front of the cameras and things like that. And not everybody gets those type of opportunities. I would encourage it. So when people nitpick that kind of stuff, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, that doesn't factor in even remotely close. But to your point about Sue, he's crazy involved in the investment world as an active oh, yeah. player in the NFL. It's like clearly, okay, he's getting towards the end of his career. He still had an amazing career for a defensive tackle and those tackle type of players. So it's, I, again, I think we all agree, but man, that stuff just bugs me. Yeah. So Thibodeau's top two, top three at most. I would really be tickled pink if Detroit took him at two. They had a lot of plate people there at the pro day to talk with him and to work him out and to do all those things. This kid is an elite athlete. You see everybody comparing him to a guy like a clowny because that's the closest thing that we, you know, that people can Compare him to physical traits, size, speed, and all that. But I think Thibodeau is just better at most of the athletic things that Clowney was good at. I think Kayvon's better at. So I'm a big fan. I thought a guy like like a Russo or somebody was a, would be a long-term stud, and I still think he is. So if, if he is, then Thibodeau has to be, because I think Thibodeau's even better than Rousseau when it comes to the athletic and, and some of those things. And I'm a big fan. I would be perfectly fine with him either as a long-term stud or a solid starter, because I think he'll be one of those two uh, either way. Mr. Greg, who would you like to talk about next? Yeah, I, I, uh, I was going to take with Thibodeau for the same reasons we just talked about. So I'm going to go to my second choice here, and I think we'll probably get a little bit more of a discussion about this guy. So for the sake of this discussion, so we're all on the same page, and we can discuss it if I'm wrong, but I had envisioned this in sort of your standard type of league, so this is applicable to the most people where you have a couple defensive linemen, a couple linebackers, and a couple defensive backs with maybe some flex. We're not talking about a deep defensive tackle-specific league. And I bring that up because I'm going to go to a defensive tackle and I'm going to go to Jordan Davis. He's a really interesting player. We've all seen the videos and his crazy workouts. To me, even if we're talking about a standard size league like this, I could see him ending up being a solid starter for a team just with what he brings. Now, talking about a league like that, okay, you're probably going to be starting 24 defensive linemen if you got 12 teams that is a high bar but again if you look at him and the kind of player i mentioned comping him to a guy like you know ted washington who size wise was very similar athletically washington wasn't the same but he moved a lot better than i think a lot of people remember when he was younger in his career he was a high draft pick too i think he was in the teens when he was taken by the 49ers i think it was a long time ago sounds right <laughs> i feel like i, I remember him in but looking at goals. like stats like that if he can get you even a few sacks a year tackles for a loss i think he has a chance to even get you a bunch of those but then just being that body in the middle that eats up those offensive linemen that gets his paws in there to get those run game tackles up the middle i don't think that we've seen really even the surface of what he did at college. I think he can really be a force if he goes to the right team in the NFL. I don't think he's probably a long-term stud because so few defensive tackles are, but I could see him ending up being a solid starter. Austin, how are yep. you feeling about that? I am a huge fan of Jordan Davis. I think he's one of the only interior guys that I have in that tier of, of fantasy relevance. There's going to be some more interior guys on here that are going to be relevant, but not – 
that are just like dominant <clears throat> and this isn't a, isn't a, a comp per se but i will say that jordan davis the physicality that he brings the way that he plays just the athleticism that he has with a guy that's, that's that size and that kind of dominance it does give me those vince wilfork kind of vibes of a guy who's just going to come into the league and be effective immediately. And I don't know about long-term longevity and all that. And if he's going to have a career that's sustainable the way that Vince Wilforks was, who's obviously had a Hall of Fame career, it's hard to call anyone out of college a Hall of Famer. So that's in that respect, I've got a lot of respect, obviously being a guy from it's a Miami University fan for Vince Wilfork, not to say that, oh, yep, this is him. You know, that's a bit of a stretch, but I will say, yeah, he's a guy that's has that kind of dominance in his game that he could potentially become that kind of player at the next level. So big fan of Jordan Davis. And I will say we put Kayvon Thibodeau up there as a long-term stud. And I'll be honest, I was a little hesitant to do that just because that is such, that's just such a, a big ask of these guys coming out of college. And it, it's hard to put your name on that kind of production and say, yep, this is what you're going to get. I think it's so much easier to just say, you'll get a solid starter and feel good about saying that versus going above and beyond and saying long-term stud. But I like Jordan Davis as a solid starter for sure. So Jordan Davis, for me, the, the question is, what Jordan Davis are you getting at the next level? In 2021, I thought he showed really well and, and was really strong, had great you know, flexibility and athletic ability at 340, 341, whatever he played when he was in season. But the consistency in my mind is the thing that I think people will try to figure out what they're going to get out of him. Because before 2021, a lot of up and down. That's the concern I have for him is, like, okay, <clears throat> I don't necessarily see him taking plays off more than just he's just a big physical kid that teams can wear down very quickly. If he's only a, a two down type guy because he's just so big and there's just so much mass to take with him every time he's going, does that limit the longevity of the player's high end value? If he's if he's just as athletically gifted or more than say like a Derrick Brown who's in Carolina, 20, 25 pounds heavier, is he giving you what Derrick Brown gives you, but maybe cut down to two plays per series or, or, or per drive because he can only handle so much? That's a concern I have with him is, is what are we gonna get at the next level? I don't hate having him as a stud or a long-term starter, long-term stud or a solid starter because I think he will be when he's on the field, I think he will be one of those two things. He's either going to dominate at the point of attack and, and wreak havoc in the backfield, or he's going to be a guy that that they rotationally move in and he's still attacking and, and doing well. So either way you have him, he's good. I, I just that's the thing that I'm trying to process in my mind is where how much are we getting out of him for how long throughout the game? And that Fantasy-wise, that makes me more concerned than anything because I have Derek Brown on many rosters that that do DT because the dude's athletically gifted, can stay on the field for three downs. And hasn't really produced at the fantasy level that I was hoping so far in his career, but that's been my mind when I look at a player. That's what I try to comp the two at because they both have just – they're just really athletically gifted interior defensive linemen, and you don't see guys like this at the next level. This guy's a first-round pick easily in my mind probably in a team somewhere to a team that think of like saints or somebody like that. I hope he, I hope he gets into a four, three where he's got another guy with him because he's so big teams might try to put him as the, the nose tackle and 
that would hinder his fantasy value as well. Yeah, to your point, it'll depend on how they decide to use him because that's what they've, even in a 4-3 sort of base with Derek Brown, they don't use Derek Brown. They've gone about using him just more as a run plugger, which if you want to say he's miscast, so be it. But that's why this is, we're talking about if someone goes to a good situation, what is their upside for fantasy interview before we know landing spot? This isn't, if you turn around in a year and you're like, oh, Kayvon Thibodeau barely played or something, like that would be a bit concerning, but we're talking about long-term here too. Right. No, I would agree. Okay, so I think I'm probably going to go with a safety, seeing as we've talked about defensive line like crazy. But I'm not going to go with the safety that I want to assume that I would go with because I am a Kyle Hamilton truther. I'm going to go with the guys a little bit further down. I'm going to go with Lewis Sign, Scene Sign. I always butcher last names like this. Georgia safety, probably more of a day two pick. I don't know if he's mid second, late second, maybe early third, but I think he probably gets you more like a bye week type filler guy long term. I think he has a chance to be a solid starter. But for me, I love his size. I love what he brings to the table and his physicality. It just, I just feel like when I watch him, I'm seeing shades of him, a more athletic Landon Collins type guy who I was a big fan of, but he fizzled out pretty quickly. I think he will probably not necessarily step into a day one starting role with it because of his ball skills. Like when you watch Georgia film, he's a great tackler. He's very physical, but you're not seeing him pick off a lot of passes. So is your does your league give you a little extra juice for pass breakups, things like that? Maybe that puts him into a solid starting type category. But right now he's more of a, I want him on my team because I really like that he could be a tackle machine potentially. But I think there's a limit to what he can be at the next level and, and potentially on your fancy roster. Mr. Craig, what do you think about Mr. Lewis? I have him in the same tier that you do. So... I do think that, to your point, he has utility in the league, but I think it's also in the position where they're moving more away from a lot of teams where they want that sort of guy that can be flexible, play both safety positions, or you know move to the slot. I do think he has that sort of potential we've seen with some of these guys to end up playing more sort of a linebacker role, and maybe he ends up getting more utility that way as opposed to you know, switching safety spots like a guy like we saw at a Diablo. The 49ers did that this year where they had injuries, but they ended up using safeties as linebackers in games right. because they just didn't have enough healthy linebackers. So if he goes to the right team that's going to utilize him that way, I think so if he ends up being a true strong safety. But, yeah, I don't know that he has the speed really to be a deep safety in today's NFL with what they want them to do. From what we know right now, I think you, I, you and I are simpatico with where we have. Great minds think alike. Austin. Yeah, probably right there with you guys. Although I will say last year, I thought that Andre Sisco would get more time and get an opportunity. He never got one. And I think he's a, a pretty good player. He, and then obviously Richie Grant was another guy that I was really high on last year who just never really got to play ahead of Harmon. And when he did play, he was pretty good, but he's somebody that I was higher on. I think Lewis Sign could fall into that same know kind of situation where maybe he doesn't get the opportunities right away but long term i think he could be a bi-week filler i think he's he's my number three safety i think the only one i have ahead of him other than the obvious kyle hamilton would be let's see jaquan brisker so on this list but yeah so i think bi-week filler maybe even as low as bench player he, he may even be a bench player but i don't know about long term but i would say short term probably one of those guys you gotta wait and see. 
I like it. All right. Take us away with the next one, Austin. Who do you want to talk about next and where are they going? I do want to talk about another player who this may not be as exciting. Like I'm not picking the most obvious, but he's somebody that I really intrigued with. And that's Colby Harvell pill from Oklahoma state. He's a safety who reminds me a whole lot of, of Winfield in Tampa Bay. He's physically, you look at him, he's just, he's got it all. He's physical. He can go up to the line. He can wreak havoc that way. He drops back in coverage. He's a, a good tackler. Where I'm going to put him is in the bench player category. And now I know you're probably looking for something a little higher and everybody wants to know who's the guy that you got to have. And we'll talk about those. But this is a guy that I think that you don't want to miss on. And not necessarily drafting him high or early, but I think that he's a guy that you could potentially stash and right away he might not have the opportunity, the big impact. But if he does get it, I think he's a guy who could you could really pay off with. I really like Kobe Harvell Peel's game. Craig, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think he's a guy that draft capital is really going to tell you what you're going to be able to expect out of him in the league. And I know a lot of people say, well, that's an obvious statement. But there's some of these guys that, you know, if they go into the right situation where they have a couple established starters, but you can see a path to playing time in the future and they got a role on the team for special teams right away you can put that guy in your queue to pay attention to you on waivers or if you have really deep benches just stash there like austin said and, and to see how it pans out and i do agree i think he fits into that i think man i i have a hard time seeing him being even a day two pick he's probably going to end up being day three to me it's just where in that day three does he end up going i think he does a lot of things all right there wasn't anything he was just amazing with and for fantasy the best ability is availability as we say is he going to get on the field i don't know i don't expect him to anytime soon but certainly i don't see him as anything more than a bi-week filler probably at his peak so bench player is probably where he is appropriately slotted so i definitely like his potential if he can get with a coach that knows where his weak spots are and develops him so He's a good tackler. He's not great at, at the ball skills. I mean, in the Big 12, he was in plenty of positions to, to do some things there because of the, I want to say the weak quarterback play in the, in the conference, but not the greatest quarterback play in the conference. I think some of that, some of those deficiencies at the next level will be tough because we'll be going against much better quarterbacks. But I think he really could turn into a team starting probably more of the strong safety role where he's brought up to the line a little more to get involved and, and get his nose into the run game and do some of those things. So he could be an interesting, I like that you put him as a bench player because I think he has potential to develop into more than just that. But I think that's a safe floor for him at the moment because there's enough, <clears throat> there's enough room to grow that he's, I don't think he steps in and really competes for a starting role um, short of you know, like special team starter. And then over time, I think he can develop the compare so when you said the comparison to Anton Winfield, that's when I'm like, okay, let's see here. Because Winfield is a guy that I know Craig was in love with. I think he he might have tattooed his name on his back. So he was that big a fan that, that year. Not he quite, out. but <laughs> I think I think they they shared an ice cream cone. I will say that much. Because Winfield was, you could tell he had the football IQ. You could tell he was ready to step in and and compete if not take a starting role in in whatever team draft him and then 
went to Tampa, perfect spot for him and, and was able to step in. Peel, I feel like it's going to take some seasoning for this guy to be ready for Craig's back tattoos of the list. So I would struggle with the comparison there, but that's more because I don't think this guy's ready to just step in and take a role where Winfield was, people were definitely overlooking him because he was ready to go. So I don't mind the bench spot. All that being said, I don't mind him being in the bench tier. I think it's a fun spot for him to be. I think there's room to grow there, and, and we're not selling him short because he definitely has potential, but we're also saying, listen, don't get your hopes up because plenty of guys get drafted that have potential, and that potential turns into nothing. So, Mr. Craig, who's on the back? Who's next? I'm going to go similar to what Austin did here, and I'm going to go to a guy that I'm sure he will have some thoughts on. I'm going to go to Bubba Bolden. So he is an interesting player. He had been a you know high-level recruit coming out. Once he got there, he, uh, I think it was USC originally, and then he ended up transferring to Miami. And it, he's one of those guys when they talk about, oh, he had some growing up to do, and maybe he still has some more. If you look into just the stuff that he has gone through this far, as far as I think he was facing a suspension at USC, he said before I ended up transferring. It wasn't for doing anything heinous. Then he got hurt, and I, you guys are going to have to fact-check me on this. I don't know, was it the 2020 season where he got hurt, or was it going into this past season? I know he had been hurt. No, um, I, yeah, I I don't think he played much this season, actually. All right, so you, either way, he's had to go through some things here even to get to this point, but he still has the athletic profile that you like to see for a safety. I think he has that mentality. But I don't think he's going to have uh, high draft capital. I think you're probably looking at a mid to late day three pick because he will be a project for the league. So I'm probably putting him under bench player just with where he's going to go draft capital wise because he's really going to have to fight through to even get one of those initial backup spots, I think. But if he goes to a team that feels like it's needy long term, like if he went to the Jets per se, I think that's a place that maybe he could grow into it. And you've seen the Jets take a shot on a lot of different guys and then even switch him over to linebacker, like I had mentioned for Colby, um, to give him a tryout at all these different spots with that athletic profile they can use all over the field would be a good spot for him. But initially, I don't think you're going to get much out of him, and he really does feel like a project for a team. But I don't think he's a complete waiver wire nobody either. Austin, what do you think? Yep. So I'm glad you brought him up, not just because he plays for the Hurricanes, but he is a guy that when I watch film on him, and obviously I've watched him play, he's really electric. He flies around the field. He's a good tackler as well. He plays well and hard to the ball. So he's a guy that I do, but I would tend to agree. He's probably a bench player. Whenever I looked at his profile, his draft profile, a lot of people had him going undrafted, which I was really surprised about because when I watch him on film versus what I see from people who say analysts who say yeah he's probably going to go undrafted the two don't really jive to me i'm like craig i see some qualities in him that i think are really impressive that potentially could in the right spot work in his favor although i will say i think he's probably a little too small to play linebacker despite the fact that he flies around the field and he makes those big hits and big plays i just i'm not sure he's got the size that a linebacker would have or maybe even a safety i think he's pretty small so that's one thing that does concern me i've seen guys come through miami who i thought oh man this guy's gonna be great in the nfl and just size got in the way so for bubba bolden it could be something similar for him but i definitely do like the way that he plays and it's one of those guys that if he got the opportunity who knows i don't ever see him being a 
bye week filler, to be honest with you, unless he does get a starting job somehow. And that would just be like that perfect situation. So bench player feels good, depending on draft capital, <clears throat> potentially lower. So I love his size, love his athleticism. I think this guy feels like a Raiders pick to me. Like it feels just like a couple of years back when they drafted 48 safeties in the draft. And I feel like this guy gets drafts to a team that doesn't necessarily need a safety, but's looking for a developmental prospect. And this guy would be a great developmental piece. Like you guys had mentioned, he's had his ups and downs, staying on the field, things like that. But he has all the prerequisites to be team's free safety for the long term. I don't, because of what the, the TBD with the outlook on him, we have to have him as a bench player. I think we're do, we would do injustice to people if we said, trust him as your bye week guy or your solid starter or any of that. So I think he's better than a waiver wire, but he hasn't proven enough to be anything more than a bench tier player at the moment. So I'm with you. I don't hate it, but I like the player. When you're looking for a safety, this is the type of guy that when he passes the eye test for sure. It's there, but unfortunately there's more to it than that. All right. So it's back to me now. So now I need to grab another name, grab another name. Let's go with a defensive lineman because you guys keep going safeties. Let's grab Karloftis. It seems like he, with the, the Trayvon Walker hype and, and with how things have gone with all these defensive ends and everyone's trying to figure out who the next man up and the, the big guy is going to be, they've overlooked him. But I think this guy is easily in the solid starter category because I think he, I don't, because he's going to slide down because Trayvon Walker has been so hyped and Jermaine Johnson had strong a strong showing early on in the draft process and Hutchinson and Thibodeau and, you know, and all these other names. I think this guy might go a little on the radar. I still expect him to be an early day two guy. Um, I know some of the mocks have him as a first round type guy lock. I don't. I think he's an early day two guy. He's got great size. What was he? Six forward, like 280, 270, 280-ish. He's probably more pigeonholed into a, a 4-3 hand in the dirt defensive end, which is perfectly fine for me. I think he's Good, but he's probably, if you're looking at the power guys in this class, I think he's the tops when it comes to the power off the edge. He's not as athletically gifted Hutchinson or Thibodeau or obviously Walker, but he's stronger than, I, I would argue that he's probably stronger than Hutchinson or any of these other guys in the class. He's definitely bringing the heat when he comes, uh, when he gets off the line. Um, he's got plus explosiveness. I think he's he gets off pretty well. I would be concerned if somebody's going to have him as they're as they're facing the left tackle guy to start. I think he needs a little bit of seasoning. I would probably project him as a, on the right side to start, but solid starter to me. I think he's got some room to grow. He could be a long-term stud like Thibodeau, but there's some athletic stuff there that I don't think he's got the same profile. Austin, what do you think of Karloftis? Yeah, because along the same lines with Karloftis is I worry his ability to have a, a diversify his game. He, he does seem like he is going to be, like you said, pigeonholed into a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end. And I would probably say it would be recommended that he's opposite of the left tackle. And the reason I say that is I think he's lacking in some of his moves. In, in college, he was able to get away with just using his power to just overpower guys. And don't get me wrong, he's a very powerful player. But I do worry that he's not going to have enough in his bag to be able to beat those left tackles and maybe even around the edge, maybe not have enough in his bag. So that that's the only area that concerns me. But I do think solid starter is a really great spot for him. Mr. Craig. 
It isn't going to end up mattering. I was hoping you were going to go to me to make Austin decide and give up viewers a little bit of uh, tension. I have him as more of a, a bi-week filler, and the reason is I see him more as a big play type of player. If he's able to end up getting those, he isn't as strong against the run, and it sounds like there is some concern over his arm length, and I know people are talking about, oh, what do you know about arm length? I listen to and I read about a lot of smart people's opinions. They say he had some issues in college like against Ohio State against those pro-level sort of tackles and that so level scheme. If he's having potential issues with that, you're going to probably have it exacerbated a bit at the NFL level. So if it's giving some people pause like that and know more about than I do, I'm going to have a little bit of concern about that. But the biggest thing to me was just the run. There were concerns about just tackling and being able to get to the runner and that sort of thing. And for a lot of leagues, so if you're talking tackle heavy or balanced those tackles still matter a lot not as much as a big play league and i think i've seen a comp thrown around of trey hendrickson trey hendrickson is really helpful in some leagues for the past two years other leagues he he doesn't do a whole lot for you because he's only a big play type of guy and if he ends up being that to me again more of a bi-week filler but the average he ends up solid starter so (laughs) there you go all right so we'll i like it We'll move along a little bit quicker here. Let's speed it up some. Austin, we'll give you the next one. Tell us who, where you're putting them at. Let's go with Kyle Hamilton, your guy. And let's go ahead and let's put him in the solid starter category. And the reason that I'm not willing to move him up into the top category, the long-term guy, is because there are some concerns that come along with him. Obviously, his testing at his pro day, he ran, I think it was reported, a 4.7. Do I watch the film and see a guy who doesn't move around quickly? No, I don't. I see a guy who covers a ton of ground and can get sideline to sideline. He, he plays center field out there, but he's also a guy that's physical and can come up, make the tackles. He seems to check off every box when you put him on film. But the thing that I love most about him, too, is he is a guy that can play from all over the field. If you look at his snap counts and how he was used in Notre Dame over his career, he's played inside corner. He's played outside corner. He's played free safety. He's played strong safety. He's walked up on the line. And he's played off the ball, almost like a linebacker role. He has literally played every single position in on the defense, and he's shown he can do it so well i'd love to put him in the category of long-term stud i don't think that i'm ready to do that just because of some of the concerns that i have with his testing and i'm not i, and I normally don't do that but it was glaring like like this guy's got to run another 40 or something you can't just go with a four seven that just can't be it so i definitely want to see what happens for him where he lands if he's going to land in the right spot i think he's going to be thrust into a starting role so opportunity shouldn't be a problem and then we'll just see what he makes of it but solid starter feels like the right spot for him right now but i will say he his ceiling is is probably higher than that he's got the potential all right craig next up who and where We will go Trayvon Walker, a guy who's uh, seemingly just been blowing up the charts here. And I'm not talking about a top 40 song. There's some scuttlebutt out there now that the Jaguars are talking about considering him with the first pick. I think that's something that was a very Jaguars move, but they got to be looking at all their options. And this is about the time of the year where everyone under the sun that's under a 5% or more consideration for the first pick has their few days in the sun. He is an athletic freak he's up there with uh Kayvon in terms of that but production wise he's way below I think he had one 
semi-decent season. I'm not really sure where all the love is coming from other than that athletic profile. I think he could probably end up being a solid starter for you when things are all said and done. But just based on that lack of college production, there's no way I'm feeling good about long-term stud. And you could probably talk me into that bi-week filler if you really wanted to, if you don't think he ends up panning out. But it feels like with that athletic profile, solid starters about right, but probably towards the end of that tier. I like it. All right, so I'm going to hit an interior guy. I'm going to go DeMarvin Leal. And as much as I want to put him as a solid starter, I'm going to start him at bi-week filler. He probably profiles best as a three-tech at the next level, and I really think he's being, I don't want to be over overlooked in a sense, but because he's been solid and been a really nice, ever since he was a five-star prospect, he's just been really solid, and I really like the, the athletic profile. I like the style that he plays. I like what he projects to at the next level. But because he didn't have any eye-popping videos on the internet and, and go crazy at the combine like Jordan Davis did, I think people are overlooking him. But this kid attacks well. He's really good with his hands as in, in terms of shedding blocks and, and using those to, to attack and get through. He could be a really interesting interior player at the next level. And for a lot of teams that need a three-tech, and there's quite a few of them that could really use a nice solid three-tech that can attack, this kid fits into a lot of different schemes. I think he probably could be a solid starter or even a long-term stud, quite honestly, but bi-week filler for me at this point, I'm perfectly okay with kind of setting the bar, not low, but setting the bar right in the middle and just watching him get over it like I anticipate him doing. Craig, did you want to add something? Where he ends up slotting out, because he is a tweener on the defensive line where he could slot in a lot of places, and the scheme he goes to and who's coaching him up, I think, is really going to have a big effect in what he does. I would absolutely agree. Mr. Austin, who are we going to next? Let's go. Let's see here. We're going to go with another bi-week filler, and I'm going to throw Travis Jones up there. So Travis Jones is an interior defensive lineman, and I know for fantasy purposes, IDP purposes, it is tough to find those reliable defensive tackles, but he's a guy who is so dominant, not only you know on tape, but at the senior bowl, he tested so, so well. He's a guy who I think could potentially even be bumped up to a solid starter, although you have to consider his position. And so that's why I'll put him at a bi-week filler. I definitely think that he's a guy who is going to be drafted high. He's going to get draft capital. He's going to get the opportunities to make plays. And he is a guy that I think we talked earlier about how we didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know George Kurlaftis had an issue with his short arms. But one thing I can tell you is that from watching film, he didn't look like he was beating anybody with his upper body outside of just trying to bull rush and things like that. But Travis Jones is a guy who is on the interior. He's strong. He's physical, but he can beat you with his hands. He's really fast. He can do a lot of different ways to get to the quarter. He can do a lot of different things to get to the quarterback. He's a guy that I have as a bi-week filler and could potentially even be moved up on that list. Mr. Craig, who are we going to next? Well, I want to get your thoughts on this one, Brad. The hurt guy from Michigan on the defensive front there, David Ojabo. I think that if we assume his health comes back, and of course we're not just talking about the first year here, a long-term career, if you told me when all is said and done that he ends up having 
a more sort of electric standout career than Aiden Hutchinson. I wouldn't tell you're completely crazy. I think he's definitely got that skill set, and if he's put in a position where he can learn, you think about a team like maybe Tennessee, where they have a couple of guys established there on the edge, where they have a history recently even of taking guys with injuries. They're not afraid of that, and hoping the best for him is coming back. If you look at a Simmons, a Farley, and secondarily there this past year, I think that could be a good fit for him. So I think he has the potential to be a long-term stud. I like it. He is extremely athletically gifted. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if in three to five years we look back and he is more of a 3-4 outside linebacker guy off the edge instead of a hand-in-the-dirt guy off the edge. Early on in the process, people wanted to do the, the k Witty pay comparisons, and, and there were times where I'm sure I threw his name in the conversation as well. But I think this guy's got just a more dynamic athletic profile. I just think he can do more. Obviously, having a guy like Aiden on the other side can draw some attention away. But Ojabo, it wouldn't surprise me if he's a long-term stud. In my mind, when we were getting ready for the show, I was like, hey, he's definitely a solid starter. Injuries nowadays seem to be more of uh, something guys overcome and they come back and, and are just as good as they were before, especially with what he went through. So I have no concerns about him being a long-term stud other than what does a team do with him? I think he could be one of those guys because of his size. If somebody's having him rush off the edge, at hand in the dirt consistently, I could see him not being as as dominant because he is. He could potentially be sixty pounds lighter than the guy that he's trying to go <laughs> that he's going up against, yeah. and that can wear you down. Uh, I would love to see him come off the edge in in a three four scheme, standing up. And moving around a little bit more. They could even, quite honestly, because of his athletic profile, they could bump him inside too. They could have him attack up the gut, not as a true Mike, but just as a guy that move around the formation. I think he is, an, is a really fun prospect that could see a team slide back into the first round to get him if they, if you believe that fifth year of eligibility or the fifth, the fifth year option is so important for teams. I, I don't know that I agree anymore. Teams don't seem to care so much because money doesn't seem to matter. But I could see a team jump back in the back of the first round and pick him up if, if they really felt like another team was going to take him. With the injury, I expect him probably to go in the latter quarter-ish of the first but yeah potentially but look at what's back there with all the movement that's happened to free agency with i really it would not surprise me if we saw a, a historic amount of wide receivers drafted in the first round uh and that's saying much because teams are drafting was it five or six receivers a year with all the movement that happened it wouldn't surprise me if the last from like 16 17 on you see just a crazy amount of wide receivers taken it wouldn't surprise me in the least but i also could see ojabo going in there early 20s mid 20s team comes up with trades back into the black back half of the first round it wouldn't surprise me if a team like kansas city went after him you could build the case that so many of these teams go after him and it wouldn't surprise me in the least since he's still on the list here brad where do you have hutchinson because he's probably a pretty easy one to throw down here quick. Yeah, Hutchinson's a guy that I definitely think is a solid starter. I'm not comfortable saying long-term stud because I think he is just a solid starter. Um, up until this year, he was a guy that people were not sold on as yep. an NFL prospect as much as anything more. And then you look at that Michigan defense was good. Yes, Hutchinson was dynamic and did a lot of things, but there were plenty of times where teams were able to get him out of the game and just destroy him 
So it's, it's okay, let's just slow it down a little bit. Yes, he's going to go top five. In this draft class, why would he not go top five? It's a draft class where there's a lot of question marks. So this guy's not a question mark. He's going to come in and give you a strong profile. But in my mind, he's a solid starter, not a just an insane stud. Austin, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think it's a fair assessment. I think he's got, obviously, he's got the potential to be a long-term stud just in the way that he gets you know, off the edge. He can get around the outside with his speed. He does have good hands. He does have all the tools and things that I look for whenever I watch a defensive end on film to say, is this a guy that can get to the quarterback more than one way? Is he a one-trick pony or does he have the skills that it takes to, to do you know, what you need to do to get to the quarterback and be effective, not only to the quarterback, but just to the ball. And I think he does. So he, he tested, he continued to check all those boxes. He is a guy who I think has potential for long-term success, but otherwise I'm good with where he's at. All right, Craig. So what do you think about seeing as we're on the defensive ends? Let's just say Jermaine Johnson. I know a lot of people have been high on him throughout the draft process. Where are you putting him and what are you doing with him? I am putting him in the – sorry, i got to make my screen bigger here. I feel like he's more like a bi-week filler. There's a lot – we talked about this the last time with these guys. There's a lot of these guys that just feel like they've had all right production uh, for a year or two, and they have a crazy athletic profile because there's a lot of those guys that are just moving to the edge. And he feels like one of those guys where I want to see him where he goes in the NFL – I know he's probably going to be a first-round pick, and there's a decent chance it's like somewhere in the teens because he's one of those guys sort of like Walker that teams are falling in love with that athletic profile because you need pass rushers, you need a whole stable of them. But I'm not sold on it just from what he did in college. Yet the athletic profile is there, but I need to see more production at college to throw him up higher. Austin? I think I'm all right with that. He does have some qualities that could potentially push him to be a solid starter, but I think bye week filler is a pretty good spot for him. Yeah, I think I th- because he had to bounce around before he finally found his, his spot, I don't want to knock him too much for it, but I definitely think he's one of those guys that's going to need, he's going to need a little bit of coaching and a little bit of work to really become more than uh, a bye week type guy. And probably a solid coaching situation. If he goes to a team that has three coaches in five years or something, I, I don't know a guy that's going to help out his career. Yeah, he's got all the tools to do it. Does he go somewhere that maximizes the potential? Do we get a Gregory Rousseau type situation where he goes to a team that knows what to do with him and lets him do what he's good at? That's a question. All right, so let's just hit, because we got just 10 minutes left, let's just rapid fire these guys at the end here. So Daxton Hill. Austin, where are you putting Daxton Hill? Let's throw Daxton Hill as a bench player. I know. I'm just not as high on Daxton Hill. I think he's just getting a lot of hype. If you wanted to bump him up to bi-week filler, you probably could. But, like, at a minimum, definitely a bench player. He's probably not a guy you just want to leave on the wire for sure. He's higher than that. But he's just not my favorite. All right, Brisker. Craig, where are you putting Brisker at? I like him as ending up as a solid starter. All right, Austin, Isaiah Thomas, not the Detroit Pistons legend. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas, this is so hard because there's another guy on this list that plays for Oklahoma who I will get to, but... Do them both if you want. You got to get to them quick anyway. Perry on Winfrey, let's go ahead. Let's move him to uh, bye week filler. 
because he's a guy who dominated the senior bowl and he's a guy who he did miss some time at Oklahoma. He had a suspension, had some other things going on, didn't play quite as much as we had hoped. But when he was playing, you could tell he was a leader on the defense and just physically he was imposing. And he's a guy that I think in the right situation could really pay off. Isaiah Thomas, let me just put him in as a bench player, just a tier lower. He does have potential to become a bi-week filler as well, but I like Perrion a little better. So Isaiah feels like a bench player. All right, Craig McKinley, Verone McKinley, the third. Right now I'd leave him where he is. <laughs> well, that was my thought with Haskell Garrett as well. Um, Honestly, I was going to pick his name earlier. And I'm like, oh, that's a bit too easy. I think he belongs where, where where he is too. Where, yeah, I think some of these guys will have better draft capital than we're expecting. But a guy like Haskell Garrett and you know, same thing like with McKinley, I just don't know that they have what it takes to be a starter in the NFL. And if you're not going to be at least starting, you're not really having a whole lot of fantasy relevancy. Absolutely. All right, Austin Petrie, Jalen Petrie, where are you putting him? Same spot. Let's skip. <laughs> all right so i guess the better question is is there anybody left in the waiver wire pool that you guys think needs to go up to some other tier craig i'll start uh, with you the next guy in line there josh pascal i i see he could and be it we just talked about a guy like jermaine johnson i think it's similar except and i'm not saying jermaine johnson is bad character i didn't I don't want to say that about anyone because I really don't know these people personally. We've talked about that on the show before. But if you talk about question marks as league constitutes them, Josh Pascal has a lot fewer of them. He's like one of those really stand-up type leader guys, but he also has that athletic profile. He didn't get as much notoriety because he went to Kentucky. I'm not really looking at him as probably a starter, but a bi-week filler certainly. That's where I'd put him okay. for different reasons than Jermaine Johnson. <laughs> The opposite of Jermaine Johnson is why you have them. Both really athletic. Both have other things to bring to the table and other things that make you go, meh. So. <laughs> Austin. Anybody else left on the waiver wire that you would move up? Yeah, there's two obvious guys, so I'll let one of you take the other one. I'll take Cameron Thomas. We're going to move him to bench player because I think he does deserve to be at least somewhere in the tiers. I'd probably put him at the bottom of the tiers, although physically he's really gifted and he he plays really well as also he's he, he has plenty of ways that he can, you know, get to the quarterback, make plays, do things like that. In the right spot, he has the potential to become maybe even a bi week filler because he did a lot of things really well. And I thought he tested really well at the combine too for his size. He is a big guy. But I would say for now, bench player is a pretty pretty solid spot for him. All right, so the biggest question is, do we have Devontae Wyatt as a solid starter or by we fill in? Because he's probably the best D-tackle in the class, or at least potentially you could have him in that conversation. Craig, where would you put him? Solid starter, probably. Okay, Austin, do you have any concerns about Devontae Wyatt as a solid starter? No, I'm with it. I'm with it. When I look across this bi week fillers, the only names that really, the only one name that really stands out to me is Jermaine Johnson. That could, but other than that, I think Devontae Wyatt is pretty well beyond everybody on this row here of bi week fillers. So I would say solid starter is a good spot long term. I think he's got a, a spot in the NFL if he gets to a good team. Gets the, he's going to need a little more polish. He's not perfect, but. There's a reason that teams have fallen in love with this kid, and he's going to get the he's going to get first round draft capital. I think. 
All right, so there you go. Anyone else? Is there anyone else on the waiver wire that you guys think has even the chance to move up, or these guys all we're going to wait and see on? I like Arnold going up. The guy that didn't start playing football at all until sophomore year, junior year of high school. He's not originally from the U.S., but you talk about a guy that has all the athletic tools and constantly gives a high level of effort. He's just still learning the game. He has a really high ceiling. Quite often we don't see these guys hit that. That's sort of why we're talking about this. But is he someone that's going to end up being worth on a, having on a fantasy roster? I think so. Yeah. And the, the guys on the waiver wire that, that we haven't really touched on a ton, Matha Sanders and, and Inabare, I think could be intriguing guys, but I haven't seen enough or feel comfortable enough to move them off there. Like, there are more guys that draft capital could be huge. All these guys' draft capital obviously is huge, but they could be the right landing spot could be really huge for them. Mathis is a guy that I think people expected to be something big and he really he didn't stand out on what should have been a very standout defensive line so you know so Matha sanders and and inabare i think are, are guys that i'm like all right i'm ex- i'm interested but i'm not biting and moving them anywhere out of the waiver wire at this point in time it's also just hard for defensive tackles in standard type of leagues to get up that high we're talking about the top two defensive tackles by most people probably were feeling like best case being a solid starter it's just difficult to crack rosters even in a lot of leagues for defensive tackles because if you're not starting for a team, you're probably not on a team. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It, especially, yeah. You've heard us say it plenty of times on this show, DTs and CBs, we're hitting the waiver wire and rotating those guys in and out if in most cases anymore, just because you don't outside of the top couple. it's It doesn't make any sense anyway. All right. So that's it, people. Those are the DL, DB tiers. This is obviously pre-draft, so lots going to change potentially over the next month. Make sure if you guys watch this after the fact, drop comments. We'll, we answer your comments on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to this in podcast form, rating, review, we would appreciate it. Uh, we are definitely trying to grow the brand on the podcasting platform, so we need your guys' help to do so. We will be back next week. We will be getting you ready. The draft is inching closer and closer by the minute. But don't forget, there's lots of other shows on Road Against YouTube channel. Tuesday night, we got a Dynasty show. Thursday night, we got a Debbie show. So we're, we got plenty of times to, to spend some quality time together throughout the week. There also are other videos that we'll be dropping as we go along. And stick with us when it comes to NFL draft coverage. We've got plenty of fun things planned. We're going to do it, an immediate reaction mock after all three days are over. Stick it, stick to it with us here on YouTube. Uh, Where are we sticking it, Fred? <laughs> you can stick it we can stick it so thank you guys always for hanging out with us we do appreciate the chats we do appreciate the views the the comments the likes all that stuff we do really uh, appreciate everything because we wouldn't be where we are without y'all so love you guys have a good night see you have next Monday. night the idp heat seekers is a proud member of the roto heat family of podcasts find more content on dynasty redraft Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.